I got kids, so I know what a rush bath looks like. Somebody like, look, we gotta get you here. Let's make this quick. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's make this quick. I got shit to do. <laughs> he wash behind your ears and then you can't tell nobody. <laughs> Jeremy, like, baby, me extra fast today. What's going on? <laughs> oh, I know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I'm Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Fur. Join my co-host, Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. I know Lizzo ain't body shaming nobody. <laughs> we ain't gonna do that. And that, and that, no, 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 no. That, that's the accusation. And I'm, I'm on Lizzo's side. Okay, I believe her. Because there's no way that Lizzo is body shaming. Why do you say that, Buff? Because it would be like me making fun of somebody that's bald or short. It's not happening. It's just not happening. So I'm on her side. The allegations are pretty wild uh, from asking her dancers to eat a banana out of a, a performer's uh, vagina. Uh, and also even, but on a serious note, the body shaming, from what I read, because I like kind of, I speed read it. Even the body shaming charge is kind of like, Mm, like the uh, the accuser is saying that Lizzo said you don't seem as dedicated to this job as you need to be and the dancer took it as her criticizing her recent weight gain like to me in, in a court of law I, I think you need a little yeah. more than that That that's, that's, that's a little too broad too vile yeah a lot of the um, accusations or some of the accusations seem like there, when I read it, it's not a stretch, but it's kind of like it's no. not cut and dry. I I don't know how you uh, work around eating a banana out of somebody's uh, vagina. I don't know how you spin that. What was the other one? The other one, uh, she the the girl peed on herself because she was scared to go to the bathroom, and they made her wear right. uh, no panties and clear pants. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like that's the case deal. Oh no, that 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 if you create a toxic enough work environment where people are scared to lose their job, I think because a lot of people were saying, well, well, how, why would they go through that? And think about the average person with the the BS they go through in their job because they don't want to lose their right. job. And in this industry, especially being a a dancer is hard to break into dancing, especially at yeah, it's a dream especially job. as a plus size dancer. There's there's not a lot of room, so it's like this is the only show, this is the only ticket, mm -hmm. and to be part of this Lizzo, you know, wave is huge for them. And, and when I say I know Lizzo isn't body shaming, yes, the implied yeah. joke is that I'm I'm standing on that, but also like she's been such a, a huge proponent of being yeah, body positivity that. and all so of that. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like such the complete opposite of what she has so called stood for. So I don't want to like just automatically take the celebrity side and say there's no way. It's just I think for most people that is kind of hard to believe. 
I have my complaints about Lizzo. Um, they don't need to be stated here, but that these accusations do seem hard to believe. So we got that, and then we have another celebrity, a celebrity son, Tory Lanez. He got ten yep. years for shooting shooting. No, he's a topic now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, again, we we talked this about this before. I'm just amazed at how many people are caping. Like he's like R. Kelly. I understood. Bill Cosby, I understood. Those are huge celebrities. People have love for them. I can't name two Tory Lane songs. I can't name one Tory Lane song. So to see people defend him like that, I I just was like, like wow, like you like people went so far as to say she never was shot. Like there is video. <laughs> First off, people heard gunshots in that neighborhood. They called the police. There's video of her. You see blood leaking from her feet. <laughs> so. What like what do they think that was? <laughs> yeah. And and that's what she didn't even press charges and people are still blaming her. Like mm-hmm. she she essentially had nothing to do with any of this. She didn't call the cops. She didn't press charges. She didn't testify against them. Like it literally was I made my statement to the cops, told them what happened, and that was about it. And all of a sudden it's her fault for him going to jail. Yeah. And it's always crazy because people idolize celebrities and put them on this pedestal and I always think about if that was your daughter your sister your cousin people ready to ride and that's the funny thing about it people will be ready to ride they'll go out and they'll shoot Tory Lanez or do something to him and everybody be like well that made sense right you you shot my sister I'll go out and I shoot you but if he goes to yeah but if he goes to jail for some reason, it's the system against him. Like, I don't get it. We want to take, we want to take it into our own hands instead of just letting the system do what it's it was actually designed to do. Yeah. Uh, so that, that that's all I got. It just was kind of strange looking at the wild accusations. Like when he was first found guilty, they was blaming Jay Z and Illuminati and, and Rockefeller. <laughs> so it's just how about and, and and once again, you know, as a short man who is friends with a lot of fellow short guys, we have bad tempers at times. And that's the stereotype on us. And he he took us a step back. He took us a, a huge step back, man. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, like people trying to blame her. How about blame the person that, that yeah. shot her? Even if it was a, you know, a mistake, not like he accidentally shot her. Even if it was just like, you know, he lost his temper, you know, things happen. You people... People make mistakes, and I'm a firm believer that people should pay the consequences. He did himself no favors. Like, all of his actions after, like, he probably wouldn't have got anywhere near 10 years, but and the judge cited that. Like, his lack of remorse and trying to shut her up and bully her and intimidate her is all what led to this sentence. Yeah, if he had been, like you said, remorseful, like, oh, I'm sorry, it was an accident, I went trying to shoot her, Maybe he would have got like you know an attempted murder or something like that. I mean, I, I it's I don't know, man. But yeah, he needed to do something different. And if he wanted to maintain that he didn't shoot her, he could have just shut the hell up. Like even like even if you're saying, well, he he feels like he he didn't shoot her, and we believe him that he wasn't the one that shot her. Okay, he could have shut up, but he kept talking and kept trying to like spin the story. So that's on him yep. too. Yep. Speaking of spinning stories, um, I don't know if you guys have heard, Wayne Brady has come out as pansexual 
for those who don't know what pansexual means, uh, it means that you will smash anything, basically. So, you know, trans people, men, women, whatever, you just like, hey, I'm, I'm down for whatever. So, not a surprise, I don't think, to anybody in the world, but he made it official now, and he's out as pansexual. You're like a sex buffet, huh? <laughs> sex yeah, sex yeah. buffet. So, uh, <laughs> I, I want to say happy left-handers day to all the left-handers out there it is officially left-handers day today we're recording on Sunday August 13th and so you know it's our day woo, woo, yay uh, to the left-handers out there so are there like any cakes plates or is there anything special you do on left-handers day no other than maybe write the other way so that you don't get ink on your hand I don't know I don't know but it's it's our day so we're just going to take it um Congratulations. Thanks. Appreciate that. You know, Appreciate that. Um, so <laughs> lefties matter. Yeah. Yeah. Left-handed matter. Um, oh, speaking of uh, famous left-handers, I think Beyonce is left-handed. Um, but Beyonce, uh, we, we talked about the weekend being, having the highest grosses, grossing black performing artist uh, tour. And yeah, um, Beyonce just passed him. So the beehive, y'all can get off our back. We did have a couple folks talk about that after like Beyonce's gonna kill him yay but she did she and her tour's not even over yet I think she has like five or six more cities uh she's already beaten him so she is definitely gonna get that title and probably hold it for a good long time after this yeah I haven't seen a oh, buzz a about a tour like that outside of what's her name like Taylor Swift that's it mm-hmm. yeah you know like this is ridiculous because Beyonce has been shutting cities down. Like everybody named Mama. He's is um And multiple days. That that a lot of times on tours you get one day with that artist. She's going to cities and, and doing two, three days a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. it's a very different tour at, than you know some of the other tours where you see they're going to a city two, three days later, they're in a different city and they hit ten cities and that's it. Like she does she's doing, I wanna say it's 15, 16 cities total and she's doing multiple days in each one of those cities so it's a it's a much much bigger tour and that's that's essentially how they get to break these records is that they don't have to go to as many cities and they can do multiple um you know actual yeah, performances in each city all over the world to see this young lady yeah and hats yeah. off to her um speaking to hats off <laughs> What about <laughs> what about Montgomery, Alabama? Gump Town stand yeah, up, man. man. I'm so proud of y'all. Yeah, we, we talked about it. it was breaking when we recorded last, so we like brought no, it up, no, but we didn't no, get a chance didn't. to like really talk about it. I thought we no, did. We didn't talk didn't about, it, talk about uh, it. Uh-uh. No, I was in yeah, Mexico. This was this is the first happened. time we met because we recorded early in the week. Oh we no, like that was uh, yeah, that was Trump getting indicted. The last time, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was breaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's how it happened for me. Like I said, I was in Mexico, so I was checking my social media feed periodically. You were in Disney, sir, so don't don't do that. Um, but like the first comment I saw was was Montgomery took have a seat to a whole different level. I didn't know what the hell she was talking about, so I kept scrolling, and then somebody else said something about it. And so then I saw the video and I'm like, well, what's this? I thought it was a comedy skit. 
Especially when I saw the brother swimming, I was like, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> they had the arrow, who, the, the original user that I saw, they had the arrow pointing at the brother swimming, Aquaman, <laughs> as we were calling him. <laughs> he was swimming across, I was like, what is going on? But as I like, as more information came in, I tell you, I could not get enough of it. Like I watched every angle. I looked at every meme, every joke. Like usually something happens and we run it in the ground and we wear it out. That wasn't the case with this. I couldn't get enough. Like I, I was scrolling my feed like I need more. I need more. Like it was hilarious. It, it, each different angle, you saw something different, something funny. It, it was it was crazy, man. I'm, I'm proud of my city. Uh, I know we're not supposed to champion violence, but that brother was doing his job. They've had issues with that family before. Uh, and they tried to jump him. It, it was one-on-one at first. And then they jumped him and people came and helped him out. And I am all for that. And I am I am happy with the action that people took. Some people kind of cringed at the brother swinging the chair. Hey, when you're in a fight and, and, and you your blood pressure's up and you're in, in, in the thrall of it. You're not thinking clearly, you know what I'm saying? And shout out to the women. Shout out to the women who was helping the men out. The women saw some of them, some of the other women trying to sneak shots in and those black women said, not on my watch. No, sir. No, <laughs> sir. And so they they joined in. Um, it, it was crazy. One of them was a complete coward. I mentioned it on my social media feed. He waited. He was on the boat. <laughs> He waited till everybody's back was turned. He tried to jump off the boat and rush the brothers from behind. They turned around and saw him. He immediately started backing up to the point to where he dove back in the water. That's some coward right there. So oh, no, he was the smartest I, I, person know, on that boat. <laughs> <laughs> so he should have just stayed on the boat. In the beginning I, I was then. one of those kids growing up. When I saw my cousins get in trouble and get a whooping, I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm just lesson learned. Thank you, thank you, Byron. We have we have learned what we need to learn. But no, I was same same as you. I think I saw it a little late because the memes and posts were starting to come up. And when I saw the video, um, I was I was angry at first because I didn't know what to expect. I just thought it was going to be a typical video of some, you know elderly black man being assaulted, attacked, jumped. Like, I just thought this was going to end all bad. Like, my blood was already boiling. Like, to the point, I was already about to turn it off because I just didn't want to see it. Like, man, I don't want to see this Like, this is freaking stupid. Then I'm like, hold on. That The arrow. Mm -hmm. The arrow is what caught me. Get ready to turn it off and it's like, is that somebody swimming? Like, (laughs) is that somebody swimming? And so I thought that was going to be the end. And it just just kept it just it just kept happening. Like people just kept coming out of the the woodwork. And when that boat docked, Lord, Lord, help them. And then all the uh, different angles. Now, I'm going to let you guys finish. I'm pretty sure has something to say. I'm going to tell you my favorite moment about it. That was not that most people don't consider. Rise what you got for us. Anything to say? For me, I want to shout out. We talk about representation, and 
black police officers and everything, that would have went totally, totally different had those black police officers not been there. Um, the black police officers came, they listened to the people that was happening, they arrested and they detained a lot of people, right? But they actually arrested the white people uh, there. I, I 100% wholeheartedly think if it had been all white officers, that would have went totally, totally different. Um, you know, the, the white tears happened. The white woman was trying to say that, you know, they got attacked or whatever. And then the lady that was recording started saying, no, they started attacking the security guard guy. And that's when everybody came in and tried to help him. And people like the, the police officers actually listened Montgomery PD. They came and they actually indicted and they, they actually uh, arrested the, um, the, the perpetrators, in this situation, uh, I think they're still looking for the guy with the the chair. Uh, they told him to call. I don't know if he actually called them or not. He turned himself in, and he's oh, he he's, been, he's been released. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. So they even released him. So ultimately, man, I I am happy with the outcomes of it, not just the fight. The fight was entertaining, but I'm really really happy with being uh, holding the folks that actually started this thing accountable. And I don't think that would have happened had it been an all white police force. Yeah, I, I really like the police. I mean, just seeing them, they kind of they almost kind of, you know, just let them tie themselves out like they didn't. They didn't rush in there. were super aggressive. Um, they they only really got aggressive after Buddy hit the girl, the lady with the chair. And, and in my mind, it was kind of like, come on, man. Like, who's just now I got to do my job. Like, I I. I, I gotta I have to address this now. So what my favorite thing, you know, I'm always thinking outside the box. So I'm thinking of what's happening outside of the camera's view. So you have buddies jump off the boat to swim, right? We had Aquaman. I call him Scuba Gooden Jr. is mine, one of our favorites. So he was a swimmer. Think about all the non-swimmers. Could you imagine that boat as it's trying to dock? You know the conversations and the hype that was going on as they were docking, getting ready to get off. That had to be the funniest, you know, on on God conversations. On God, when this boat land, I'm taking out three, four white people. Like the conversations that they were having, prepping up. Like you could have been just sitting down, coming out the bathroom, and you didn't even know what was going on. But by the time the boat docked, you were full fledged shirt off, ready because somebody got you hyped. They hyped each other up for like five minutes. And when 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 the boat docked, all hell broke loose. I would have loved to somebody have, to video that because that's where the sh- talking behind the scenes is probably the funniest part. That's what I wanted to see, dog. Like I promise, I own everything, dog. When this boat land, I don't like them no way. Like that's what that's what have that's where the comedy was at. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else y'all got on that? I just I, I I still don't know where the chair came from, like off where, the boat. Where, <laughs> like where? No, it's probably the security guard's chair. That's probably yeah. what he sits in when he's just sitting there uh, on the dock. He uh, was a he's a, not a security guard. He is a uh, like a first mate or something. Off he works on the boat. So if you read, I've heard read versions of the story where somebody came and got him off the boat to go talk to them. Like they yeah. had to come, like bring a extra another boat to come say hey. Let me go talk. Come talk to y'all. Like y'all ain't gonna move. The way he flung his hat, like 
like. Oh, yeah, it's like, man. People I'm calling off the that the, the bat signal right there. Yeah. <laughs> no cap. Yeah. I mean, he threw it with so much force, like. Because <laughs> I think at this point, if this would have been a Dave Chappelle skit, it would have been a pause. At this point, first mate Tyrone knew what was about to go down. And hat toss. And I was like, oh, Lord. And by, and by the way, people, make sure you watch all the angles because I, I know some people are saying that he swam, the, the brother swam over there and then he didn't do anything once he got there. No, he was Yeah, if work. you watch one angle, he did stand there at first, but no, he got it in. If you watch mm-hmm. more angles and watch more time on the tape, he got it in. He, he body slammed one person like he got it in, man. So uh, I'm just proud. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this much black unity from like a post since well uh, this was universal Queen Elizabeth like black Twitter was ablaze after that but it was just one of those things where it was I mean I was walking in hospitals and you know you you can sense like little uh, groups with black cuddles people talking and you overhear them like I wish that would have been me and on multiple occasions I I walked over like y'all talking about Alabama ain't so, <laughs> we, there have been there have been several uh, names for August fifth because it's going to be a holiday. Because in addition to that, it's the same day that Jennifer Aniston caused a little ruckus over Jamie Foxx's post that was supposedly anti-Semitic, and Black Twitter came for her like you don't know what the f you're talking about. He wasn't even talking. To, it had nothing to do with Jews or anything like that. So. It's definitely I've seen like a fade in the water. Uh, it's, it's quite a few. So August fifth is a black holiday, and I will be frying fish or, or grilling. Uh, I like Cinco de Negro. That's yeah, kind of one. Of that's my, one of them. Yeah. That, that's, yep. that's, <laughs> so, uh, man, that, yeah, it is definitely going down, and I just would hate to be that person. One of my like, I never want to be a meme, but like, imagine. Those people are going to be memed for the rest of their life. They're going to just that that's going to go down like in history like you were part of it. And Black Twitter wasted no time. You know, they were putting the store owners business up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the mm-hmm. the one was a teacher, yep. all kind of stuffs like, yep. yeah. You want to play stupid games? Bad look Let's... for Crocs too. Like Crocs. What happened, man? Because <laughs> those oh, jokes, man. they are not man. built for fighting. <laughs> man, them Crocs slid up his <laughs> no. So that, that, that's horrible, dude. Like, you're that guy. Yeah. You can't even say you were holding your own. Nothing. Right. Just like that. They beat they beat you. They beat you into your crocs. Not out of your shoes. Uh, <laughs> like the crocs would have came while that was different. Like you your shoes swallowed you whole. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Um Is Sophie here today, Rizzy? We got her today, man. We got her today. So <laughs> hold on, let me grab her. Hello, Sophia. Hello. How's it going? How does it feel to be the big nine? I'm ten. Yeah, so Sophie, we do this. Every, we've been doing this for the last <laughs> we nine do years. Every year, <laughs> every year. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why this is so hard. Like, every year. You, you look. You look. I know you want to be more mature, <laughs> and you look older for your age. But we all know that you're nine. <laughs> I'm gonna find my birthday to a kid. I'm gonna show it to you one year. It's ah. photoshopped. 
You can Photoshop those things these days, you know. A little white out here and there. A little white out. Yeah, some AI chat, uh, you know. No, I want to shout to them straight out of here. I'm just Everyone saying. Everyone can see it. Uh, is your hair um, now pink? Oh. Got buns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got rough and stuff with your Afro puffs. <laughs> Eden. So, do you have a good joke for us today? Yes. And you're wearing glasses again. What happened? Hold on. What's going on? I don't have to. I get to wear them. I get to wear my glasses once a week, and I decide this will be the day. Okay. I also did yeah. this yesterday. <sighs> that was yesterday's once a week, huh? Or last week's once a week? Yeah. Ah. Ha. I didn't do it last week. Back to back. Okay. Yes. Cheat code. All right, you got a good joke for us? I'm ready. I feel yeah. like I know the answer. Six. No, you don't. This is not six. the answer. It's not a math problem. Okay, 42. <laughs> Again, it's not a math problem. But. All right. Why, why do nurses like red crayons so much? Red crayons. Red you don't know it either. Think. They <sighs> <laughs> didn't tell my dad either. Usually doesn't get to figure it out. Because they draw blood sometimes. <laughs> That's not bad. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good right there. <laughs> good one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Oh, man. I'm impressed. Damn. Yeah. I don't yeah, know where she'd be finding these. That was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, that was... <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. So, um, let's go ahead and jump into it. So, three brothers, no sense. Your favorite barbershop style podcast. Time of the show where we do the questions. When you hear the questions, we hear the questions. So, who wants to go first? I I can go. Or right, you want to go, both? Uh, I can. Uh, yeah, 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 I can. Uh, Contentville, what up? Um. So we've we talked about this topic quite a bit. Uh, so my question for you guys: these these two minorities we talk about the most are the black people and women. Do black people and women do we want equality or do we just want equal outcome? Um, I I'm trying to figure out what do you mean by that? Yeah. Like because because how do you how do you prove equality other than equal outcome so you're saying like equity like where equity is more like I would think equal outcome but it's not necessarily equal resources like you might have to help other people to if you want everybody to let's say get an A in the class Byron is already great at math he doesn't need any help but Rizzi and Tavares need tutors and Ferg probably actually needs to stay out of school after school two days instead of rising one. And we're going to give everybody the, the right resources to get an A. So so and, we, brief, we briefly talked about, um, man, it just lost my mind, um, affirmative action. Mm-hmm. And, and Rizzi, you know, broke down how uh, what the Supreme Court did. They didn't really get you broke down what affirmative action really is. And, you know, in a lot of people's mind, it is. Affirmative action is forcing, you know, schools, em- employees and stuff to hire an equal amount of black people. 
is that what we want? Do we want the outcome to be equal representation in all of these different entities? Or do we just want equal opportunity? Because just because you get equal opportunities doesn't mean you're going to get equal outcome. And if you don't gotcha. ever get those yeah. equal outcomes, are those minorities going to ever be satisfied? Women okay. and black people. And so yeah. that's what I thought you were saying. Because to me, and I might still be off, you know, that's the debate that I hear so much is like equality versus Equity, equity right it's yeah. like it's it's the you know you can give us all this but if i'm already here that resource doesn't give me doesn't do the same thing for me and i was actually explaining this to skylar the other day so um nice. i i think i think we don't know that i think the average person doesn't recognize there's a difference on both sides so I think the end goal is to have equal outcome. Um, but the problem is they don't, well, people don't recognize um, that it's going to take different things to get there. So women's rights. It's like when you at, we asked this question a few weeks ago about like, or do we consider ourselves feminists? And I'm like, yeah, I'm a very much a feminist, but I'm the feminist that a lot of feminists don't want to talk. Because I want, I want equ- equity across the board, but I understand because of his history, there's going to take, there's going to be some help or additional resources needed to get women to the point where it's equal. You know, same thing with you know blacks. It's it's going to take more to get us there where the you know our financial art what with all the things that we're being measured on finances to get those things there it's going to take a lot the problem is we'll never get that because nobody nobody really wants to give everybody has their hand out anyway like if we're gonna give all black people reparations white people don't want something to you know and that's just that's just so it'll to me that's the sad thing. I don't think it'll ever happen because when you do something for some one person, the other person, especially if they don't feel feel like they're the the cause of it or directly the cause of it, they're gonna want something too. Um, but I don't think we're I don't think we're aware enough that we need we need the resources, we need the help to get to get to that end game, which is equal outcome. Yeah, I think ultimately we, like you said, we want equal outcomes, right? We want, hey, 17% of the population is black, whatever the number is. I think it's somewhere around there, 17, 20, whatever, right? 17% of the population is black. I want 17% of senior executives in organizations to be black. I want 17% of the population in movies to be black. I want all like you want equal representation you want equal outcomes for everything right 17% of doctors be black 17% of whatever 50% of doctors are are women I want 50% of you know these types of jobs to be women because that's the population whatever I think they're a little bit higher than men actually Uh, so but that's what we want right ultimately the problem I think like you talked about Ferg is the, the majority has given up that they can't just 100% discriminate, right? All right, we can't discriminate. We can't not give you stuff. So they're they're leaning on equality to say, well, we'll give you equal access to everything, even though those 
you know, historically marginalized populations are starting way, way behind from generational wealth and everything else. So equal doesn't help them to actually create the equal outcomes on the back end. And to kind of what you're talking about, right, the equality piece of it is, hey, I've got to give additional resources, additional support and additional things to the marginalized people to get them back up so that we can have equal outcomes sometime in the future. And that's the fight. Nobody wants that. They don't want to get those additional resources. Alabama, that that's exactly what the Supreme Court did, right? They were like, well, no, you can't use race for admissions. So again, equality is or equity isn't a thing. It's all about equality. You just got to be equal in whatever you do. And so what you do is you maintain the status quo by doing equal access. Okay, if only 17% of the population is black and we've only got 5% of senior executives, by having equality, what you end up with is continuing 5% of blacks being in that senior leadership role instead of equity where we do have some type of affirmative action, where we do have some type of Rooney rule. We do have some type of way to get them up to where they are actually at that 17% of whatever their um, population is. That's what I think we we have an issue with. I, I I've got a personal anecdote about this uh, with the scholarships that I've developed. Right, so I've endowed two different scholarships: one at UAB, one at uh, University of Alabama. And in both of those situations, it, I guess it's generally the same anyway because they both go to the same board of trustees. But in both of those situations here in Alabama, you can't actually put now. You can't put, I want this to go to a black person. You can't even say, I want it to go to a black male because they won't let you put male in any type of scholarship stuff. It can't just be earmarked for a male. So like we have to find ways around that. But that's the problem with that equality versus equity. They want equality. They want a scholarship to be able to go to anybody, right? Instead of saying, no, this scholarship is for this marginalized group. And I'm specifically earmarking it for this marginalized group. They won't allow us to do that when we endow it under the system. So that's the problem with a lot of this stuff that's happening right now. They're leaning into equity instead of or equality instead of equity. Because then because the defense is people misuse the equality the same way you want to have a scholarship for a minority female or woman for them. What if I just if I want a scholarship just for white males? Mm-hmm. And so, well, they're not that, historically marginalized though, and that's but, the thing. But, but, it's, but, but it's equality, and, and that, you know. That, exactly. And so, and, and, so yep. and so, we have white men who are like, "Well, I struggle. I'm first generation college student. Why can't somebody give me a scholarship that's just for me or people who look like me?" And to eliminate all that. We're just going to take it away. We're not going to allow anybody to say this just to give scholarships to uh, white men. But at the same time, if we do that for white men and they're discriminated against because they're using that word a lot more then you can't do it for the minority groups. You can't protected groups aren't being protected anymore. That's it. Yep. I just want to say uh, we are more like 12 to 13 percent of the of the population. Yeah. Um, I think, especially with the two groups that I mentioned, women and and black people, I think both groups, and I can especially speak for, I can speak more for black people than I can for women, but I think they would agree. I think we both want, uh, you know, equal opportunity, 
but it's hard for us to trust that equal outcome because of how historically sexist and racist this country has been. So even if you know you're you're giving just as many um, black people consideration as you are white people, you know if the outcome heavily favors white people, we're gonna always say you know it isn't true equality. And and I think that's what this country has against it. Like you can never trust it until we have an an equal outcome. We're always going to question yeah, the, 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 the process of it. And Ferg, you said something interesting too. You was like, you said uh, if if black people get some type of reparations, white people will have a problem with it. Is it because it's black people? Because we've had other forms of reparation with Japanese Americans. I think uh, Jew, Jewish people as well. Is it just because it's black people getting something that white yeah, people and, it, and, it, and it's so popular? It would be everything else was kind of swept up under, under the rug. Yeah, you know, it, so it many was, things, they were very very small populations too. You got to yeah. think the Jewish population, the you know, the, those affected, especially when you talk about Japanese Americans and stuff like that. You're talking about less than one percent, one percent of the and, population, and still in lifetimes. So like. Those a lot of those people were that these things were happening to were still alive, right? Or you know they're uh, one generation removed. You can say my grandmother, my you know my mom, my like us. We're talking about hundreds of years ago, and it's like the never forget. It's like the same way that they're literally telling us to forget slavery. Like that, literally now the the country mainly like Florida's pushing back trying to change the narrative on slavery. So you think that, you know, there's not going to be pushed back on reparations? Why else would you give reparations? You know, unless they say they're they're doing um they're doing back pay to these unpaid interns, you know? Um I think it would have to it would be admitting to America's greatest, you know, atrocity. And people don't want to admit, admit to it. You know, it's just, it's hard to accept. Nobody really, um, because I don't think the average person wants to be evil or consider themselves evil, even if they yeah, do right, evil right. shit. Correct. And when you, when you do this, it's admitting to the world and myself that I'm part of this system um, that just... <laughs> screwed over just generations of people and to this day continues to screw over people you we talk about equity we're talking about the good we're talking about the good stuff um i want only 17 of the uh the prisons to be filled with 13 or 14 percent of blacks <laughs> you know like the good stuff and the bad stuff like if that was the case when you have black and brown people making up what probably 50, 60%, if not more of the penal system, but they're only a small percentage of the country. Why are, why are, why are minorities going to jail more? We don't want to fix that problem. Mm-hmm. You go in and it's like, you know what? We need to put more white people in jail to represent the true nature of the country. Yeah. That's that's not going to work. Yeah. And I'm looking at the 2022 census data, 13.6% black or African, 19.1% Hispanic or Latino for it. 
and let me see Japanese. Oh yeah, Japanese is uh or Asian heritage is six percent. They don't have it. But Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander is 0.3, and then two or more races is three percent. Female is 50.4. So male female is right at 50% right now. That's what I thought. I would say I tell people, like the world's probably 50-50, you know, men to women. Like it's fairly fairly philosophical uh first question, man. Uh, who, who who's bringing in some fun? I, I will I will <laughs> so I don't know if this is going to be fun or not um because I you guys have already said that you don't want your wives to remarry uh if something happened <laughs> to you or anything like that um so this is even uh, a funnier question for you so ran across a post where lady has a new boo and the new boo helps take care of her husband who had a TBI so he had a traumatic brain injury, can't feed himself, has can't, you know, do anything basically, right? He's like a a, a living vegetable pretty much. And um, you know, had they they he he can generally like move a little bit in a wheelchair, move the wheelchair type thing, but they still have to feed him, change his clothes, all that stuff. Uh and so she has moved on, got her a new man, and new man helps with the husband um with changing them feeding them and everything like that so two-part question to you gentlemen uh one is if you know you got single one day could you help new boo and her her husband with her husband and anything and um if you had a tbi and couldn't do anything for your wife and she's just having to kind of you know lift that load all by herself would you be okay with her moving on and letting uh new boo you know, change your diapers. No, your questions sometimes. I just, I, I, mean, I don't. This is a real life situation. I just, I, uh, I just want you guys to, to. I mean, I, I don't know where to. I don't know where to begin. Um, I do want to throw a stat out there that uh, statistically, men leave their wives uh, more at a higher percentage than women leave their uh, husband. When they have a um, like a TBI or, or anything close to that, uh, men, women have shown that they're better uh, it's caregivers in that regard. Um, no, I'm not helping Nubu with her husband. Uh, that's I'm I'm good on that. I'm gonna pass on that. Um, did I don't know how I come to this answer because I did famously say I don't want my wife to remarry if I die but if something like that happened to me um, I, I almost want to lean towards I think it's because I don't want to be a burden on anybody I, the, the thought of me being a burden on somebody just I, I, I can't stand it and I, I would rather her divorce me or whatever the case may be and 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 move on that that answer I know makes no sense to the listeners like why are you okay with her moving on in that scenario but if you die she can't move on I don't know that's my logic don't stick with it <laughs> uh, because if I die she needs to mourn me mourn me have my picture by the bed cry at least four times a week over me but in that situation man it's I don't no seriously I just don't like the thought of being a burden on someone I just I've never liked that 
the thought of that. So if, you know, she's done the best she can and, and it, just, it just becomes too much for her, her and she needs to move on, I think I would be okay with it, especially if I have a, a traumatic brain injury. Like, I don't even know, like, do I even have the feelings to be hurt by that? I mean, I don't I, know. I, I think so. I mean, you can, you can still... It depends on how bad it is, right? Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can still... A lot of times, you can still mentally think and, and communicate very shortly, right? You might not be able to have full sentences and stuff, but you can still communicate those types of things. It's, it's more so motor skills a lot of times that you lose. So it just really depends. I mean, are you a vegetable versus, like I said, just you can't... Motor skills-wise, you can't move. So I, I think there's, there's always that spectrum there. Yeah. Uh, that's... What a question, though. What a question. <laughs> Okay, so the answer to the first question is no. I can I can be there messing with another man's wife. I do respect the sanctity of marriage. Um, they're still married, right? In this case, they're still married. And technically, yes, but if he he he's he's I guess sickness and health, right? So sickness. They're in sickness right now. So yes. So no, I I don't support it. And then for me, I'm uh, I don't like your logic, Byron. (laughs) More me, deal with me, sickness and health, all all that good stuff. Because what I don't want is uh, Care Bay over here. Yeah, he changing my diapers and all. But this nigga in the next room knocking your wife now. <laughs> oh no, no, no. I don't want them to take care of me. That's why I said divorce me. That's what I'm saying. And move on. No, 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 no. no. I, I don't know. I, I want to be in the house. <laughs> I, 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 I need her. I need her to uh be miserable, just what, like me. Yeah, what you're not gonna do is help me bathe and put me to bed. <laughs> so, and then go kids. and then go fold my wife head. up. <laughs> I got kids, so I know what a rush bath looks like. Someday, like, look, we gotta get you. Here. Let's make this quick. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's make this quick. I got shit to do. He <laughs> watch behind your ears and then you can't tell nobody. <laughs> Jeremy like, bathing me extra fast today. What's going on? <laughs> Oh, I know what this is. <laughs> oh, yeah, Stennis, you almost done? I'm, I'm ringing my, I'm ringing my bell and interrupting them every chance I get. <laughs> no, yeah, I can't be in the house now, no sir. Do the, do the, do the sensible thing and um, kill me eventually. <laughs> kill me slowly. <laughs> You know, no, no, no. Oh man, uh, absolutely not. I'm, I'm. Yeah, you, you Byron, you're a better man than me. Because I'm, I'm. You don't want to. I don't want to be a burden, burden. But I'm still selfish while I'm alive. You need to be about me. You need to be trying to find new cures, all kind of stuff. You know, I don't need you out here living your best life, N- nigga. We in a bad situation. <laughs> we, so, so can she ever go out? Can she ever go out and hang with her friends? Yeah, because you're gonna be thinking that. 
Yeah. Yeah. She out there getting getting folded up. Man, you know, you get a little sitter, the little nurse that in her house nurse to sit you uh, or whatever, and she go out with her friends. She's probably going to bang that dude that she met on Tinder that night. Like, and so Whether no she, they, well thank you now she can't go out <laughs> <laughs> sorry Z <laughs> oh, man. oh man yeah no no it's all about me for better or for worse oh man so for me um I, I'm gonna I'm agree with you brothers I don't think I could I could do the whole take care of uh Bay's husband or whatever and and I, I say technically because I I do think at a certain point the marriage kind of dissolves when there's like nothing else there. Like she literally is just taking care of him. Well, that's on her side. What point. about me? I still love you. I just I, I, I'm sorry, you just gotta be mad. Uh, you know, while I'm begging your mm-hmm. wife, I need that little tear to fall or whatever. I don't know, but I just can't. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. You're evil, I just bro. I, but I, I I can't do the whole I'm helping take care of it. That I think is it's it's almost a little disrespectful. Just like y'all talked about like taking care of you, baby. You want to put you to bed, and then I'm gonna go bang your wife. That's a little too close to home. I I need to be the tender date on the side that you know you leave the house and you come see me. Like that I could kind of maybe do um there. But as far as me, I actually. I, I am I'm all about assisted suicide at that point. I've told anybody if it's to the point where I can't take me bathe out. myself, I can't I need help changing diapers and I know I'm not gonna get better, go ahead and take me out. Um I I don't wanna be like you said, Buff, I don't wanna be that burdened on anybody. I don't wanna I don't wanna live my life like that anyway. So if it's to the point where I had that TBI and you guys know I'm not getting better and it's been six months, a year, and you've been dealing with it, and you're thinking, oh, you need to move on, and, you know, I'm just a burden on your life, and I'm going to be like that for the next 10, 15 years. Hands down, I don't know. I mean, wheel me down a, a mountain, whatever you got to do, figure it out, but um, I'm definitely, a, yeah, I mean, assisted suicide, make it quick, make it painless, but uh, get me out of there so then you can go live your life. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not about the you moving on with me in the house and then new boo is helping take care of me and everything like that. I just, uh, uh-uh. we need, we need a clean break. So that's all I had, man. I, it, it came across the feed and I was like, Oh, let me ask the brothers about this. Send, send it a post. I mean, we have one time for one more. Uh, yeah, we got 53 minutes. We have 53. So yeah, we, we should okay. squeeze one in. I think I was watching a video and it I'm trying to figure out how to answer this. We're getting ready to go back to school and stuff like that. And as parents, you know, we really want what's best for our kids, but we're not perfect. You know, we all admit that. So what do you think if you just being honest with yourself, what are the biggest, <clears throat> excuse me, what are the biggest mistakes we make as parents when it comes to raising our kids personally? I think, um, I think this is personally. And I think, because we kind of talked about this a little bit last week. I think, uh, but for me personally, I think it's trying to not necessarily do everything your parents did with you. Do everything that you learned. Like, this is the way we did it when I was a kid, so we're going to do it this way. Like, you got to really know your child and, 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 and just try to figure out what works. 
And as we said last week, we're trying to be better at not doing the whole because I said so, uh, whipping them without an explanation, things like that. I think getting out of old habits that we learned growing up is probably one of the, um, the biggest challenges and sometimes mistakes that, uh, uh, that we, that we can make. And I think the goal that we all should strive for is to be better parents than our parents were. And that's no, that's, that's in no way, uh, shade to the, to our previous generation, but that is the goal that you want to be better. I want, shoot, I want Jasmine to be a better parent than, than Tabitha and I was, uh, should she have kids. So, I think that's that's the number one thing is to to not do things that we necessarily <clears throat> excuse me learn growing up. Yeah, for 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 me for me I think it's you can't parent in a cookie cutter fashion. Every child's different. So whereas I you look at mine, Haley, Sophie, Ollie, right? Ollie is a super empath. He's super emotional. I got to coddle him a little bit more. I got to like give him that positive reinforcement of it's going to be all right. Go out there. He, he's, he's timid. He's scared. So I got to push him and be like, Hey, go do this thing. Go say, Hey, to that person, go introduce yourself, you know, like get him out of his introverted bubble. Sophie's an extrovert and she's a, a, a risk taker. Like she's all about adrenaline. She's like, I can't, I, I'm barely tall enough to get on this roller coaster, but let's do it right now. I want to do it. Like she's out there. And so, and Haley is just like, think she knows everything about everything. And so you got to like bring her back in and just be like, Hey, hold on, you know, slow down. Don't grow up too fast. So you have to parent each child very differently. Um, and they develop differently. You can't look at oh, this kid started reading at this age and this one's barely not doing it. This kid learned to ride their bike at this age. This one's not there yet. Uh, You know, it's very different for every child and kids develop, especially when you're talking about young kids, between the ages of six and 12, there could be a kid that's six years old doing what another kid that's 12 and they're on kind of the same developmental level. It just really depends. Uh, but usually it levels out around 16, 17. So it's one of those things that you have to be willing to be patient with your kids and understand where they are at that point and help them at that point instead of trying to push them to be just like the other kid or whatever. So you can't parent in a cookie cutter fashion whatsoever. I mean, that's, that's a really good one too. I think as parents, a lot of times we set like personal milestones for kids You know, like they should be potty trained by two because Sophie was cut potty trained by two by potty trained by two and Ollie's almost three and he's not potty trained. And it's like there's no really, you know, by the time they get to and I think the schools know by the time they get to certain grades and stuff like that. I know all these pre-Ks and stuff like you have to be fully potty trained to go to this class or whatever. But in our mind, we set standards that just are standards we come up with from from nowhere you know because your mama said no you know if he old enough to uh go in the corner and hide he old enough to go to the bathroom and so now all of a sudden we think exactly what you know the same thing but those were really good ones i have two um the first one is 
forgetting what it was like to be a child at that age and what I and what I experienced. And so Rizzi is similar to what you were saying. But to me, a lot of times it's emotional, you know, and I talk to people, you know, even when I was on my trip with my lamplighters and a lot of people like, how are you so patient with them? It's like I what I try to do is I try to connect with them on the level at the level they're at. Right. It's I can't expect my my incoming freshmen to be as mature as my my seniors who are graduating. And so when I say this, you know, it's like I there's no excuse for you, Razzy. But Buff, you know, like you are eighth grade going to ninth grade. Like there is a different level. Um, but even just the day to day stuff. So we were we were going somewhere with Skylar. I think we just came from main event the other day and we asked her a question and I guess she's been out of school for so long. Her, her school, her math brain was off. And when she realized that she didn't know the answer and we kept like, come on, Scott, you know, this, like you could see like her, the anxiety kick in the, like in her mind, she was ready to break down because she knew she was supposed to know this. And the parents were, you know, on her and like, and now we're disappointed at her in her mind. And it's like, how do we get here? But that's how she really is. Like in, in at, at the age of eight, you want to be so perfect and so right for your parents that every little thing can be, you know, blown up. And me as 42, I'm kind of like, what, what's going on? What's going on is my eight year old daughter is dealing with, you know, disappointment the same way we deal with disappointment. You know, like, you know, some people hide, some people panic. And I had to take a step back. And that's what made me think about this question was kind of like. I remember being that age and, you know, in every age since then, where the thing that was going on, even in Haley's world, you know, she thinks she knows everything. Yeah, she does. And she probably knows everything that how old is Haley? 20, 21. She'll be 22 in October. Yeah. 21. Yeah. Yeah. She knows everything a 21 is supposed to know. So she's smarter than the average 21 year old. But so th- why why wouldn't she think she knows everything? You know, um, she definitely can't know what a 42 year old knows. But at 21, you don't know that you can't know what a 42 year old knows. You know, <laughs> she's not even privy to that information yet. But that's a big one. It's just remembering to remember what it was like like really the emotional the the dealing with school the anxiety all those things that you know we were like you're so lucky that's the only thing you have to do is wake up and go to school and do this and do that they can't really handle much more you know um and one, we've one other, about, one uh, other this, that I wanted to bring up is um parents forgetting what they were doing at that age or or remembering and trying to stop their kid from doing what they were doing right like yeah you gotta let the kid be the kid right so you you were out in these streets smoking drinking whatever at 16 17 don't project that on your kid and be like you can't go anywhere because that's probably what you're gonna do either let them do it and 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 kind of get them through it or i mean you gotta trust them you gotta trust them that you raise them differently right like it, it, they're gonna do it or not but you can't just hold on to them and just not let them do anything because you were out in these streets wilding so yeah that's a good one that projection is 
is huge. Because we because we said it, you know, I think we open up. We want them to be better than us. So how do I make you better than us? Let me protect you from all these pitfalls that could potentially, you know, you can't bounce back from, you know. So if I can steer you away from drugs and, you know, teenage pregnancy and all those things, like I'm going to do everything I can and a lot of times it's just eliminating the opportunity versus preparing them to make the right decision. Um, like I said, we've kind of talked about this and I want to hone back in on it. I think crushing their dreams based on my perceptions of what their life should be. Like we're really, I think as parents, we can really dictate or have this idea of what's what's proper. And what the standard is and what they have to do, you know, for some people, their kids, all their kids got to go to college, you know, or, you know, it's or you can't wear that. You can't dress like this. You can't talk like that. And it's like you said, probably based off of some of our experiences where we're trying to see we've seen how this ends up. And so we're trying to protect them. But I think a lot of times parents are the people that crush kids dreams. You're the person with them most. You're the person who's, you know, telling them they can't do this or they can't do that. You know, give them opportunity. Let them figure it out. That's pretty much it. That's all I got. What else? Let's go ahead and close on out. Uh, only thing um, I got, man. Oh, go ahead, Bo. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, man. I got I got a chance to see Gran Turismo sneak peek this past Friday. It comes out this coming Thursday. Uh, but if you like racing or sports or anything like that, it's a great movie for you. If you like drama, if you like a coming of age story, if you like that, it's a great movie for you. If you <laughs> like, you know, a family oriented, like family story, kid, you know, making their parents proud, everything, it's a great movie for you. It is pretty much everything that you would want in a movie. Um, I think it's PG 13. I took the kids to see it. Ollie and Sophie, they really, really loved it. Sophie didn't even want to go, um, but she ended up wanting, um, like really liking the movie as we watched it. And so that lets you know, like all three of us really walked out of there, like really enjoying the movie. So it's a really, really good movie for everybody. Anybody can find something in the movie and be like, okay, that was really a cool movie. So I highly recommend it. If you guys um, are looking for something to go watch, I recommend that over, you know, a lot of the other movies that are out right now, um, including Spider-Verse and things like that. So uh, now if you have younger, younger kids, go see Spider-Verse. That's top of the list. But uh, anybody, you know, 10, 11 up, go see Gran Turismo. It's a really, really good movie. I, I recommend it. Five stars. Um, I just want to say we, we talked about Montgomery, so I don't need to add on that. So I'll just end it with, uh, hey man, I just want to implore the media, don't be tempted to uh, favor, give you know our president favorable coverage on this Hunter Biden stuff just because we don't want 45 back in office. Do your job and report the facts. And I say that because it's starting to slowly, and I mean slowly, looks similar to some of the stuff we saw with 45. Just, you look at how defensive the president has gotten over questions about it. 
it's, it's become a problem that we thought would quickly go away. And it probably has been exaggerated by, you know, Republicans or whatever. But, you know, a judge denied that plea deal that he had. And now uh, Merrick Garland has assigned a special counsel to to investigate it. And, you know, some of the excuses we get from the media is, hey, the president just loves his son. We get that. We do. But if any of this stuff is true and he was using his father's position as vice president at the time to get favorable deals in Ukraine and China, got to report that. I know a lot of people don't want to see 45 back in office, but don't drop the ball like you have so many times, like with the Iraq war, like even with sports, I was looking at uh, the, the Johnny football documentary, Johnny football and his friend just told the media, Hey, his family got money. That's where he getting that money from. His family, you know, is very wealthy. Nobody took the time to check. <laughs> so <laughs> Reggie Bush's Heisman got taken away from him. I'm just saying, you look at the stuff Johnny football did. He is probably should too, because he was signing autographs and getting paid for it. And the media didn't do their job. They didn't do their job with the Iraq war. It's a lot of times the media don't do their job. Do your job. Even if it's, you know, what we don't want to hear, do your job. I feel you. Um, but two things. I saw the post you uh, sent, Risey. The way they worded it in a post, it's admirable. Mm-hmm. About the the husband, you know, they, they word it as a wife still. Actually, I'll read it directly. Devoted wife continues to care for her husband after traumatic brain injury, and so does her new husband. I get it. I'm just not that guy. <laughs> I'm not that good. <laughs> you know, and that's a whole nother conversation. She said for better or for worse, she just decided to move on with her life, but she's still taking care of him. Like, I, I committed to taking care of you for better or for worse. We just can't be together as husband and wife, but... That's admirable, you know. Um, Buff, your your statement about doing that, I agree with you, ninety eight percent. The my the two percent, my two cents, is uh, I think this always bites us in the ass. Trying to do what's right, trying to be the good guys, and politics isn't fair. You know, um, because we know damn well if the shoe was on another foot, they would try to block it and hush it every every chance they got. And all we'll do is be mad and realize that if the Dems did it, you know, if this were the Dems, they would have did the right thing. We would have lost the election because of this or whatever the case may be. It's are we putting our big bail? Are they putting their big boy pants on and saying, you know what, to to beat a monster, you got to be a monster. Like the the Republicans, they they play this game way way nicer than us. They don't care about the the optics. They don't care about your feelings. They don't care about you know. You got to prove it and prove it really damn well. And even after you prove it, did you really prove it? So, mm-hmm. and I and I agree with your two percent politically, but the media shouldn't be political okay 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 i can accept that so 
Um, for me, just had a great week. Uh, just got back from the city, um, the Windy City, Chi Town. Great trip. Z and I went as our our last hurrah before school starts. Um, thanks to all the friends and rattlers that showed up and showed out and showed us a great time. The city of Chicago is a great place during the summer. The weather was perfect. I think the high might have been 86, 87 compared to Houston right now. It's probably 100 degrees. Feels like 110 easily. That's not fun. So I had a blast. For people who are kids are starting to go back to school, make sure you capture these back to school pictures. You know, I'm seeing that that's a good thing, you know, send them off right. And you uh, make sure that you're you're helping these kids off to a great school year. Be a little patient with them because it's a it's definitely an uh, adapt adaptation to go back, you know, especially coming off a of two and a half month summer. So. Best of luck to all your your students, your loved ones, to the teachers. It's that time again. Um, you'll get a couple of days off in a, a few weeks. So welcome back. Good luck. And with that being said, Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite barbershop style podcast, Six Rules of Podcast. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most important, listen again.